Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Trevor Stores from Full Press Coverage and Ref District. Hey, how you doing, Trevor? Oh, you know, trying to stay safe and healthy, because COVID is back. It never <laughs> left, but I know. it has returned its ugly outbreak mood again, so here we are. Oh, my goodness, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about that today, because, man... I don't know if we're going to have a week 15 at this rate. Hey, you know, we're talking about something a little bit more positive. And I know and I know from the pre-show, you haven't watched it all at all, but Ted Lasso. Okay, so the first season I thought was really good. And I, I, I will encourage you, Trav, to go back and give it another shot. Um, because I know it can, he can be a little grating, but um, it actually ended up being a pretty good season. Second season, not so much. I'm just saying that right now oh, for all these spoiler oh, alert guys. No. Not so much. I mean, That's it's like crazy, not a, Ted Lasso's everywhere. I, I saw like 45 Ted Lasso costumes on social media this year for Halloween. Everybody no in, the, in the sports world are making Ted Lasso references. I know. You know, I know. And then this year, the second season is a dud. Yeah, like, I mean, not quite a dud, but enough. Like, like in the first season, I was like, yeah, I'm really rooting for this guy. And, it's all great. and the character is awesome, you know, no doubt about it. I mean, Clearly, I wish I was Ted Lasso. I mean, he's the most positive, upbeat guy ever. But, you know, like, spoiler alert, there's a lot of personal issues that pop up in the second season. And I'm like, I don't want a drama. I want a comedy oh, when you're talking no. about a sports coach. Right? No, <laughs> That's no. what I want. I don't want drama. I don't, I don't want, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 here. I don't want, you know, I don't want This Is Us. <laughs> I don't right. want that. <laughs> I want a really funny, upbeat guy running a sports team in which is sport that he doesn't know anything about. Sort of like Urban Meyer <laughs> in real life, right? <laughs> running oh a sports boy. team he doesn't know anything about. But anyway, hey, this is, uh, that's what we call foreshadowing, folks, because we got plenty to talk about today, including the Jacksonville Jaguars firing of Urban Meyer, the COVID crisis spreading across the NFL this week, Washington's unfortunate game against the Cowboys, well, we could have been in that, preview of Week 15 NFC's matchups, as well as fantasy football plays, and much much more, so let's get this rolling. All right, Trev, let's get this started with the aforementioned Urban Meyer, because the Jacksonville Jaguars will be looking for a new head coach after the team fired Urban Meyer just 13 games into his NFL tenure. Tasked with changing the culture in Jacksonville, Meyer made it worse in 11 months of the job, not only in terms of stats, but also in terms of his treatment of players, including having a heated exchange of Marvin Jones Jr. and allegedly kicking kicker Josh Lambeau in the leg while he was warming up. And if that wasn't enough, a video circulated on social media on October 1st that showed a woman who was not Meyer's wife dancing close to his lap at a Columbus restaurant, which was followed up by yet another viral video showing Meyer groping woman's buttocks while sitting at a bar. So not great. Owner Shad Khan had had enough. He released a statement yesterday saying, Quote, after deliberation over many weeks and through analysis of the entirety of Urban's tenure of our team, I'm bitterly disappointed to arrive at the conclusion that an immediate change is imperative for everyone. I informed Urban of the change this evening. As I stated in October, regaining our trust and respect was essential. Regrettably, it did not happen. 
Khan further said that the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, will serve as interim head coach for the remainder of the season, and GM Trent Balk will remain in place. Jaguars, plan they have suffered. They are a miserable 39-102 and 102 since the start of the 2013 season. They currently sit tied with the second-worst record in the NFL at 2-11 with a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who has not looked that good on the field so far. He's tied with the NFL lead for interceptions at 14 the Jaguars have scored the second fewest points in the league in total the third fewest yards. The defense doesn't get much better than that, though, because they allow the six most points and force the fewest turnovers in the league. So, Trev, whoa, a lot to talk about there. But what are your thoughts on the Jaguars firing Urban Meyer? And how do you think this impacts the Jaguars going forward? Um, honest right now. Yeah, Urban Meyer off the field in college days. He had some issues, obviously, but he was winning. Right. So those right. issues weren't as big of a deal and weren't as focused on. Very but true. when he got in the NFL, I honestly thought that the record would be what it is, maybe three or four wins by now. But you know, I never thought <laughs> that he would come into the league and do everything he did off the field in such a short right. amount of time, frankly, at all. Um, right. I thought it was going to be a great – I thought it was going to be a two-year, three-year project for Urban Meyer. I didn't think he was mm-hmm. going to be successful first year, but he might build something in his time there. But – he just started acting the fool and always showed like he didn't want to be there. He was very careless in his interviews, not focused, very uninvolved, un- just like blah, blah, blah answers. Um, right. Had this pompous attitude. Um, I really thought they would last until he would last to the end of the season, then get fired. Never saw it be mid-season, even though it's 2-11. I think right. you know, it's really bad when you're 2-11 and 11, <laughs> you get fired mid-season. Yes. So, um, yeah, but I think I saw somebody tweeted that there's a new there's a new policy involved that says that you can get a head start on looking for coaches starting December 28th. So that's cool. They can bring somebody in there who, yep. you know, can find out exactly what needs to happen, change the culture a little bit, and get things going. I mean, you have Trevor yep. Lawrence for Pete's sake. The number yeah. one pick in the draft was never mentioned, was hardly mentioned this season right. out of Jacksonville because of Urban Meyer, because of what he was doing off the field. Yes, right. Lawrence has 14 picks, but you don't hear about why he has 14 picks. You don't you don't hear about if he's mobile or not, or if he's a pocket passer. Is he ready for right. NFL? All you know is he has 14 picks, nine touchdowns, and Urban Meyer was a complete distraction. So yes, this gives a, a fresh start for not only Tony Khan but for Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a good a good fresh start for him, and obviously he's been overshadowed by all the bad stuff happening there, and he hasn't looked that great, and it may, probably has a lot to do with coaching. I mean, quite frankly, we know that Trevor Lawrence is good at the game, uh, but the mm-hmm. NFL is different in college. And he obviously did not get a good transition. Plus, James Robinson. What the heck are they doing with James Robinson? I mean, give me a break. Five carries yeah, here, man. four carries there. This is criminal. I mean, the guy yeah. was basically a Pro Bowl running back last year, and now you've, cre- you've made him an afterthought one of the most athletic guys on your team, and particularly with Travis Etienne going down early in the season, or preseason, I should say, I mean, you, you'd think they would lean heavily on what they already had. You know, they were successful with James Robinson, even without Trevor Lawrence. You'd think he's got to get better with Trevor Lawrence, and somehow he got worse. So, man, they have done a lot of bad things uh, in, ja- in Jaguars land, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come for them that will improve the situation. But I agree. It's a good, fresh start for everybody. I wouldn't be surprised to see something a little bit more positive come out of Jacksonville. This has got to be a big relief for everybody in Jacksonville, but it definitely def- definitely shows that coaching in college does not necessarily translate to the NFL. 
Uh, we saw it with Chip Kelly. We saw it with a lot of other people. <laughs> and here we are again. So there it yeah. is. Oh man. So, uh, so Urban Meyer, man, we, we'll stop talking about him because it's just, we can just go on and on about him. We'll hit the box. Let's talk about the next one. This is really a big deal because it just keeps getting worse. So on Tuesday, a day after nearly 40 players landed on the COVID reserve list, the Browns placed eight players on their COVID-19 list ahead of week 15 against the Raiders. They added a handful more, including quarterback Baker Mayfield on Wednesday. And today they added Case Keenum. So they basically are down to Nick Mullins at this point. The Rams, less than 24 hours after beating the Cardinals, closed their training facility due to several positive tests with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jalen Ramsey among those who were sidelined. Also today we saw the Dolphins add Jalen Waddell to the list, meaning they're going to be without their top pass catcher and their top three running backs, all of them on the COVID list against the Jets. The Seahawks just added Tyler Lockett to the list. Now, of course, and the Bears have added Allen Robinson and four others to the list. There are now over 100 players on the COVID list this week, which raises the question, what went wrong, and what will the NFL do to address it, and will we even have games in Week 15? So just to give everybody a, a little bit of a rundown here, the team with the most COVID list players are the Browns right now at 20. But the Washington yeah. football team is really close. Right, they had 19. I don't know if they did it change. Did they get a couple extra? Because uh, yeah, right now, then sorry, 21. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. So, so Washington takes the lead. <laughs> yeah. so good job, Washington. You managed to. Okay, you were in charge, and now you, you're like, ah, we're not letting the Browns get ahead of us. We're just gonna we're throw a couple more guys on that COVID list. Something. If we can't win a football game, we gotta win something. <laughs> you gotta win something, right? Good. good. That's a positive attitude. I like to see. That's a never, never say die positive attitude. Rams have 13 at least as of last count. Who knows what it's gonna get to by the time we get to the end of this podcast? Bears have 10. Giants have eight. Lions and Texans will have six apiece. Only six teams as of uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time today, because that may change. It may have already changed by the time I researched this. But only six teams in the NFL currently have no COVID cases. And that's the Cardinals, Panthers, Jaguars, Raiders, 49ers, and Buccaneers. And like I said, that might have changed in the last 40 minutes. Who knows? The NFL and NFL Players Association have negotiated changes to the league COVID-19 protocols. And some of them are going to be placed in immediately, effective immediately, all 32 NFL teams will be placed in intensive COVID-19 protocols until the conclusion of week 15. That includes mandatory uh, mask wearing, social distancing, grab-and-go meals, all virtual meetings, limits the number of people in the weight rooms, and restrictions on activities outside the facility. Uh, and those teams who are already in the intensive pro- protocols, they, uh, get, they get pushed up, and they actually have to be uh, testing every day, vaccinated or not. And also effective immediately. I'm sorry? The Rams are now in the lead with 25. Oh, my God. The Rams got the 25? <laughs> oh, jeez. They've added nine more players, oh. Bob Miller being one of them. Oh, no. You know, I, you know, I, I can't catch – so this, obviously, this is a first-world problem. So I'm going to complain about my fantasy football team for a second here. I, I made it a waiver claim on the Browns' defense against the Raiders because I thought that's a great play. But then half their defense went on COVID. So, you know, I said, hey, you know what? Uh, on COVID. I'll take the Rams defense. And now the Rams defense is basically all on COVID. So, well, there you go, guys. I mean, this is obviously uh, in progress. And uh, I think it's just going to get keep getting worse. It's just going to keep getting worse. Um, the one thing to say is that the NFL does have a new uh, protocol for getting people back on the field. It used to be 
that you have to have two negative tests 24 hours apart. But now they're saying that there's something called a CT, which is a cycle threshold, and they measure that. So you can either have, there's three ways to get back on the field. Number one is two PCR tests that are negative or produce a CT value of 35 or greater, um, or one PCR test that's negative or produces a CT value of 35 or greater and a negative MESA test result taken with 24 hours of a PCR test. The MESA tests usually return results in less than an hour or two negative MESA tests. So they're trying to make it easier for teams to get players back on the field. Uh, I don't know. It may be too little too late, but Trev, what do you think about all this? You know, what, what do you think about this NFL COVID crisis? Uh, what about the new precautions? You know, do you think that um, we're going to have games this weekend? What are your thoughts on this? It really, really gives me the sense that the NFL is saying, who cares about COVID? We need to make some money, so you're going to play in the game. That's <laughs> exactly what Baker Mayfield said, too. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. Like, why would you – I mean, I know you want people to get on the field. I understand, but a protocol is a protocol. That's why it's called a protocol. Like, to quickly modify that right before Thursday night kickoff, technically kicks off a new week, in order for somebody to make it uh, to make it available for these players, these teams have these players back for one test here, one test there. It's just you're putting all these other teams in danger as well, like not just right. the teams that are have a high number list of people on the list. You're you're just putting every, the entire league in danger. There's six teams are still those six teams that don't have COVID right now have to play this weekend. So you know what I mean? It's just yeah. Right now it's like a money a money thing rather than player safety thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like at this point, why don't we just make week 15 a bye week for everybody? Uh, I, I, obviously, I want to see football. It, so it's a pain for me. I don't I don't like to not see football, but I also want everybody to be safe and healthy so we can see the rest of the season, you know. Um, and at this rate, we may have no players. I guess the positive, though, Trev, is maybe we can go try out uh, and get on the yeah. team. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're better than uh, at least uh, 50% of the people who are left on the Washington football team. So oh, for sure. <laughs> and, and your air squad doesn't have a, they don't have any coordinators. So I mean, if no. you don't want to play, you can at least drop some plays for if you want. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, quite frankly, <laughs> they don't need to put guys on COVID. I'm already better than most of the guys on that coaching staff. So <laughs> just saying. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am calling out Matt Nagy and everybody on that coaching staff because they're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible, guys. Yeah, All right. Let me say this. You guys did put up a nice little fight the other night on, on Monday night or whatever okay. night that was. Was it Monday yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, I mean, uh, it it was, was uh, Sunday night. 30, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday it was a Sunday night, night game. The, the, the game was better than what the score put up, um, shows. I agree. I, I'll give you that. The game yeah. was very, very good. If you just watch the first half, we look like a contender. Yeah. If you watch the second half, you realize why our coaching staff sucks because we made zero – uh, adjustments and when uh, the Packers made their adjustments we decided to just stick to the game plan which was let's keep running yeah. up the middle because maybe they'll forget yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, you're like hey yeah but Montgomery keeps going there they're gonna be like they can't possibly do that again we'll just we'll just we're not gonna get a guy in the box they can't do that again oh we got fooled there it is with a 60 yard run no guess what guys Packers a professional football team they don't forget. Yeah. So, mm, you know, tough break. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that being said, let's hit the boxing ball on that one. Let's talk about a little bit about the Washington football team. Um, I know this is going to be a tough one to talk about for you here, Trev. We were rooting pretty yeah. hard um, for Washington as well over the Cowboys. And quite frankly, it was, um, it was a terrible first half, a terrible yeah. first half. 
and then a little bit too little too late near the end. But let give me your thoughts on this, um, this game against the Dallas Cowboys. What does it mean for the Washington football team, and what are your thoughts, takeaways from it? Um, you hit the nail on the head. First half was atrocious. We came out and got punched in the mouth. Um, I personally think the hype of Dallas week and our four-game winning streak got to a few of our players' heads, a few coaches' heads as well, and, and that showed in the first half. Um, then the second half, we came out, and we won the second half. Uh, the Cowboys, yeah. the whole entire game, didn't really do anything that we couldn't stop. It's just that we, our effort wasn't there. Our mindset wasn't there. Our, it, was just, it was just bad. But they didn't show me anything, anything special. They didn't show me anything hard. It was simply mm-hmm. just hand the ball off, throw some short passes. Dak never went deep. Right. Um, so, for, for the most part, I just wish – it was a tale of two halves. We won the second half, lost the first half. I'm glad we ended the way we did because maybe we can carry that momentum on to Sunday against Philly. Right. But um, I'm, I was really disappointed because I thought that we definitely had a chance to to, be, to win that game, and we definitely showed in the second half, but it was, by then it was too late. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think if you look at the – you know, ignore the score and ignore the halves, the defense actually did what the defense had to do because they only allowed yeah. one offensive touchdown. Just one. Because yeah, everybody, you know, keep in mind, it was that scoop and score in the first quarter. That was kind of a backbreaker right there. You know, the yeah, scoop and score by yeah. uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Um, so that was, that was terrible. But that being said, you know, they held them to numerous field goals. And that's what you have to do. You know, Gerg Zerline had a great day. But that means that the Dallas Cowboys offense did not have a great day. And as you said, Trev, they won the second half. I mean, that was, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was something. It was that fourth quarter at the end. It was a little bit of too little too late. Um, but, you know, what can you say? It was, a, it was a little bit of a mess. I mean, think about this. Terry McLaurin, zero yards on – zero oh. receptions on zero yards on three targets. Um, yeah. Clearly a problem there. Concussion as well. So. Yep, and again, concussion as well, right? And then the killer fumbles, like I said, Heineke and Gibson, both killer fumbles right there. I mean, Cole Holcomb, great story. A little bit too little, too late. You know, it's uh, obviously that was that was fantastic. That was a great two-minute sequence, scoring the touchdown, getting the pick okay. six. Uh, I I have to say, I believed at that point. Um, but it just didn't didn't materialize. Uh, and you shouldn't have to be in that situation where you have to get that last minute pick six just to be within a score. You know, that, that shouldn't yeah. be the way the game develops. All right. So we'll we'll let you go on this one, Trev, and and not talk more about this. But and we'll talk about the <laughs> NFC East uh, as we get after the preview, because there's a lot of things we want to talk about there. Um, but let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that real quick and then let's talk about our sponsor, Manscaped, because hey, Manscaped supports us, so we support Manscaped. Because why? Because we care about your below-the-waist grooming. Why do we care about your below-the-waist grooming? I don't know. That sounds really weird. But for some reason, we do. And Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So Manscaped, as they, uh, as we told you last week and the week before, they launched our fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. I have it. Trev has it. Two million men around the world have it. So go get it. 20% off, free worldwide shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with the code garbage time at manscaped.com. You know, free worldwide shipping is like, it's really interesting. So, like, if we were in Siberia, we could order it and get free shipping. That's pretty cool. Or I could be, like, in it Mongolia in a cool. mountain somewhere, and I'd be like, I got to get some Manscaped. They would ship it to me for free. That's pretty kind of, that's kind of cool, too. You know? <laughs> we should really test that. All right, guys, go out there and test it. Please tweet at us. If you are in Mongolia, Siberia, or some remote location – 
order a Manscaped uh, lawnmower 4.0 and tell us if you get it for free, uh, free worldwide shipping, because I want to put that to the test. All right, that's enough of that. Let's talk about the oh. NFC East. Week 15, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. And there's two games this week, obviously, um, both in the NFC yeah. East. We're gonna talk about Washington next, but I want to talk about Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants first. Uh, the Cowboys obviously have a commanding lead in the NFC East, and we'll talk about the standings in a second. But Cowboys commanding lead are nine and four, and the Giants are four and nine. So just the opposite. Dallas is favored by ten and a half points over under 44.5. This is a 1 p.m. game. Well, you know, I don't know if there's much to talk about here because I don't know. I mean, the Giants haven't shown me a lot. So what are your thoughts on the Cowboys and the Giants in week 15? Uh, the Cowboys, five million. The Giants don't have <laughs> – they didn't have much before this COVID. I think they just put like five or six players on COVID lists the past couple of days. I yeah. think I saw Kadarius Tony's name on there, maybe Kenny Galladay as well. I'm not sure. Um, but Xavier McKinney is on there for sure. Yeah, it's Cowboys yep. by a million. Um, okay. Cowboys <laughs> by a million. Wow, that, yeah, that is quite – uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the under. I'll take the under on a million. Really? All right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's saying I'll take 900,090 maybe, but not a million. <laughs> Dallas is struggling on offense. They're, I mean, it's because and by their standards, which means they're not blowing out people, but they're still beating people, still winning, but to their standards, they're – Offense is quote unquote struggling, so I look for them to uh, get back on track with a, a depleted Giants team offensively and defensively. Yeah, and, and I guess um, Dallas, one of the few teams not bit by the COVID bug, they only have one guy on their COVID 19 list. So, I mean, that's. Then yeah. also, if you compare that to who the Giants have on their list, I mean, they have uh, Adore Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Aaron Robinson. Cam Brown, Shane Zeems, basically half their defense. And then they got John Ross, Kadarius Toney, and Wes Martin from their offense on the list as well. And who knows if it grows from there. And uh, Saquon Barkley is still questionable. And he had a limited practice. We don't know what's going on there. So, yeah, yeah, not good. (laughs) Not good for the Giants. Not Uh, good at all. Looks like the Cowboys are probably going to handily take this, which is going to make it much harder for anybody in the NFC East to catch up. So it's going to be that wild card spot that everybody's going to be fighting over, I think. So let's turn our attention to the other game in the NFC East. Uh, And actually, before we do that, let me just mention that just for fantasy football purposes, because we're going into the fantasy football um, playoffs this week. And, of course, I'm I'm psychotic about that. And me and Trev are both in the consolation bracket for our fantasy football league. The loser's bracket, baby. Here we go. Oh, best of the rest. That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> I will win that seventh place. That is what I'm going to do. <laughs> all right. So um, for those of you who actually matters to you, um, all those Dallas Cowboys uh, wide receivers are worth playing this week, particularly in PPR. I mean, um, Dak, if nothing else, is spreading it around pretty nicely. C.D. Lamb getting a share of it. Amari Cooper getting a share of it. And Mike Gallup might actually be out there on your waiver wire. Go pick him up. I think he's a great play. And we all, we all love Tony Pollard, but he's questionable this week. Um, Zeke has been playing on a bum ankle, I think. It's just kind of ugly right now. So I think that Dak will be throwing it around, and he'll have little resistance on that Giants defense. So give it a shot. I think there might be some some value there if you want to play Michael Gallup in your fantasy football leagues. All right, let's turn to Washington football team at Philadelphia Eagles, another 1 p.m. game here. Philly is favored by, wow, nine and a half. Whew, that seems excessive. Over under at 44. Give me your thoughts on this team, uh, this game in week 15. 
And half our squad is on the COVID list. They're coming up with five, so they're extra healthy. But Jalen Hurts is not extra healthy, and that's the important right. part, I think, to the whole the whole game. Um, depends on who starts the quarterback. Uh, I just got off a silly podcast, and he says he doesn't underestimate any NFC opponent, and that's how I feel too. It's a brand new season once it gets down in, in this conference. I mean, I mean, in this division, we're back right. six and seven. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of our stars and superstars out, but this new protocol could possibly help out with that. If not, I still think that we have a, a, a fighting chance to win this game Sunday because the Eagles are the Eagles, but that's, I mean, they're not. They're, they're six and seven, just like us. Right. Also, as well, will be the factor in this game. Yeah, I, I am, you know, I'm a little bit perplexed by this game. I'm not really sure what's going to happen because, on the one hand, uh, you're right. Maybe the new protocols help you get some of those guys back on your on on the field, but like the team is decimated. I mean, it's just like yeah. <laughs> there's no depth left. You know, particularly on defense. Oh my goodness, it's like half the defense yeah. is on the COVID list. If that's what fields the team on Sunday, I think there's going to be some trouble because the Eagles they don't have any hint of COVID. They only have Quez Watkins out there on the COVID list. He doesn't necessarily a big part of their offense anyway. The big key there, as you said, Jalen Hurts, but, you know, Gardner Minshew wasn't bad. I mean, there was actually a quote-unquote quarterback controversy brewing amongst Philadelphia fans <laughs> after that, that game. That was, also against, that was also against the New York Jets. It's more decent <laughs> so, That's um, fair. You know, That's fair. It's, I mean, and also, but you never know. Eagles could be overlooking us because of all of our names on COVID list, that all they're playing a bunch of replacements, practice squad. We, and Nick Sirianni is his first time, you know, coach the Eagles facing this situation. He could be a little cocky. I think he already is right now So yep. before this game. Um, they could overlook us, and it could bite them in the butt at the end because our, our guys, we have practice guys playing, but it's not like we don't know what they have because they've been called up all year long due to our injuries and recent COVID issues as well. So it's not like they're just no-name guys. They're just no-name guys to our opponent, but not to us. So that's kind of yeah. a little bit of element of, element of surprise going to happen too. So I wouldn't, you know, you're not, you're not overlooking it. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely I, I, not overlooking it. Right. Right. I mean, I, and I agree, I agree with that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that this is necessarily um, a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. I do you know. I obviously think that ball security is going to be really important because even, because look at last week, I mean, three fumbles, uh, and you lost yeah. by one score to the Dallas Cowboys, which arguably is a much better team than the Philadelphia Eagles, even at full strength, even if the Eagles are full strength with Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, it does say something there that you, you really did. It was, really was Washington kind of shooting themselves in the foot there and, you know, causing their own problems because, frankly, you take one of those fumbles away, you know, make it just two fumbles. I bet you it would have been either a tie game that goes to overtime or a game that Washington could have won in regulation. Um, is that close? Is that close? Yeah. So, and Tony Gibson can't fumble. <laughs> oh my God. If he does, trade him in the offseason. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. I mean, he he's only lost. Um, he's only lost four fumbles this year, but he's put the ball on the ground six times. It's just that's too much. You know, that's that's too much. You can't you can't keep do you can't do that and be successful in the NFL. Um, you can't hope that the, the other team will not capitalize on your mistakes. Yeah. 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 So that is going to be a major problem. So I, I think that Eagles, um, I, you know, my chances are 
if you just, the team that you feel does not get any of those guys off the COVID list, I think the Eagles probably will win. I don't think they're going to win by nine and a half. I think that's right. too much. That's excessive. Um, mm-hmm. If you get some of your players back, uh, particularly on defense, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a fighting chance that this is more of a 50-50 game. Is the yeah. good Tyler, Taylor Heineke just going to ball out and not make mistakes, going to show up the, the second half Taylor Heineke, or is it going to be the first half Taylor Heineke? You know what I mean? I think that's, that's going to be the problem <laughs> right there. And you can't count on it. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. It's a big mystery to all of us. All right. That brings us, guess what, to the end of the show. And we did it on time today. We did it on time. Wow. It was really crazy. Look at that. You know what? And I lied. You know what? I, I lied. We didn't finish the show. Because you know what? I was going to talk about the NFC East, and I didn't do it. And so I'm going to have to do I'm going to backtrack and tell everybody I lied. We did not finish the show on time. We actually still have to do our readout to Thrive Fantasy. Everybody go do Thrive Fantasy, yada, 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 $140,000. And they have uh, awarded $4 million. Kanye West, blah, 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 blah. Use garbage time. Sign up. Get 100% instant first deposit match up to $100 uh, with garbage time. ThriveFantasy.com. Okay, so I did the read. Now let's talk about NFC East. <laughs> Holy crap. I totally forgot to talk about this. We already talked about this in, in uh, a little bit, but Dallas Cowboys are nine and four, right? Washington, yeah. Philadelphia, six and seven. New York Giants, yeah. four and nine. They're basically out of this. It's all, as you said, it's a new season here for the NFC East because they're just playing each other for the rest of the season, four more games. But it's a little bit of a stretch <laughs> to think that, the, that Washington's going to win four and that Dallas Cowboys are going to win one of the next couple of games. I think it's going to be tough to get there. So what are your thoughts here? How do you think this is going to end up? Uh, just put me in the right order here. Is it going to be Cowboys first, and then who's next? Uh, Cowboys are first, and then I think the winner, whoever wins wins out or has a better winning record between the Eagles and the, and the Washington football team will be second, and I think mm-hmm. we'll have a better chance of getting the wild card. Giants are done. Yeah, they're done. They're settled, and then second and third is definitely between us and Philly right now, so. Yeah, right. yeah, yep. That's so it'll be really interesting to see how. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of plays out. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the wire. I mean, the good news, like you said, the good news is you're playing each other. So, so that so a win one more time worth more. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. We play them twice, Dallas, and then the Giants. So yeah. I mean, it, it, it could, it's all in your hand. It's all in the team's hands at this point. You know, they have to at least beat the Eagles once, and then they're going to have to they're going to have to beat the Giants, and then I, I think that they're going to have to beat the Cowboys in, in order to kind of yeah. lock it in. Okay. So they got to okay. go three and one. Got to go three and one. But yeah. like I, like you like you, like you said, you know, at least you're not my Bears, where you can't. There's no feasible way in mathematical history that they could make anything. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. There's yeah. always next year. There's always. Yeah, that's right. As as a Chicago Cubs fan for many years, I've said that to myself more than a dozen times. So I might as well say it here in Bears land as well. All right, now I will really hit the air horn, not the fake air horn, and we are still done. Almost on time. <laughs> Only a little bit over time. So there you go. We did it. Yeah, if I didn't screw up, we would have finished on time. But that, you know, I'll, I'll own it. That was my bad, everybody. All right. Why don't you give us your social media uh, so people can follow you, Trev? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at TrevStoresWFT. On Instagram, I'm Trev underscore stores. That's all lowercase. 
Press the District podcast on YouTube. Check the channel out. FullPressCoverage.com with George Carmi. We also have a, yep. uh, a podcast on our YouTube channel on there. And Football Grabber's Time right here with the wonderful, amazing Hakeem Long as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, of course, everybody right. go check out that stuff that he's doing uh, around the play. Ref District is amazing, by the way. So everyone should check that out. Of course, Full Press Coverage as well. But Ref District has particularly been doing some really good work, really, really good work over the last couple of weeks. So everyone check that out. You will not be sorry uh, if you do that. All right. You can follow me at uh, on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. And as always... Thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week, assuming we have an NFL week and it doesn't become COVID week. Good night, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.